Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. Here's Pastor Ryan. <clears throat> but... That doesn't mean that there is a, a not a time that one should leave a church. I think that uh, sheep are absolutely uh, uh, almost not only able, but responsible to leave a church when the leadership gets into sin, compromises the word. And I would add to that, even goes woke. There are woke churches, man. And it's almost like the sin of omission, right? They don't want to ever talk about politics. The world has changed. There are, there are policies left and right that are trying to destroy children. How are we not going to speak to these things in our time? I, I'm not here to entertain. I'm not here to be, uh, you know, something else. I, I, the Bible ca calls us pastors to teach and to warn and, and there is so much deception in the world and so many changes. So it's not every Sunday, but you will get it here because I feel that these are the times that we're living in. And like John the Beloved said, uh, there, we know that Antichrist is coming. That's what he said. And there are many Antichrists who have come. And so we know that the Antichrist, at, at most denominations believe, He's going to be a politician. And he may not be an official from a certain party, but he's going to be extremely political. How can we not? So I, I, that's why you see a shift in so many people saying, well, who's speaking truth to our times? Love Jack Hibbs. But anyways, how did I get that? Yeah, so, I, you know, you're able and almost responsible. You know, give your pastors a chance and tell them, man, share something with what's going on. Don't be afraid if people leave. Don't be afraid. That's not why we got in this. We got in this to serve the Lord. All right, so to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ, and that word sanctified means to be cleansed and, and set apart for holy use. If you think about it, the Bible says we have been bought at a price. Our spirit and our bodies belong to Jesus Christ. For what? Why did he cleanse us? To set us aside for holy use. To be used of God. Oh, I just like going to church and kind of bouncing after or leaving after. I didn't sign up for this. No, you did. When you vowed to give your life to Jesus Christ, you vowed that you were his. Amen. You vowed it. You owe it to him. Paul would say, it is thy reasonable service that you present your bodies as living sacrifices unto the Lord. Sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Can you believe that? Called to be saints. I come from a place, I come from a background with my Sweet grandmother who is with the Lord uh, came from the Catholic Church, man. The saints were, you know, a lot of us grew up with that. 
you know. The canonization process of the Catholic Church is, is interesting to say the least, right? I mean, you know, they, 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 they wait for a, a person to be deceased and then they, they have meetings and think about it and, and uh, try to figure out whether or not they're going to declare that person worthy of public uh, veneration uh, because of their lives. And if they say so, then that person becomes a saint. I remember them saying about John Paul II in an interview. They said, we don't pray for him, we pray to him. But here's the good news. All who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord in sincerity, God forgives them, and they become saints. You're a saint. You didn't know. Now you know. You are a saint. That is my feel-good portion of today's message. You are a saint. So you can go and you can tell the family, guess who's a saint? <laughs> you are in God's eyes. That was quicker than any canonization. Um, but just because that's given to us who believe in Jesus, that doesn't mean that we should not try to live saintly. It should be our goal to live saintly. Peter would say in his first epistle, chapter 1, verse 13, he said, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Gird up the loins of your mind. Like, get your mind under control. Get your thoughts on God. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. So yeah, we're saints, and we're not perfect, but we should strive to be more like Jesus, right? Which is what I mean by being more saintly. To be kind, to be loving, to be peaceful to have self-control, to have the fruits of the Spirit, we should seek to be saintly, be like Jesus. That only happens by, by being in prayer constantly, keeping your eyes focused on the King. Keep your eyes on the King. Watch His life. Study Him. And say, Lord, help me to be like Jesus. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace, right? You can't have peace with God until you received his unmerited gift of salvation, the free gift of salvation. You receive that, then you'll have peace. You reject Jesus on the cross, you'll never have peace. You will never, the world doesn't know it. They will never have peace without God. Their heart was created to worship God and they do not 
want to, so they keep trying to fill it with all kinds of things. That's, that's the city of Corinth. That's the world that we live in today. But we know that satisfaction comes by surrendering our, surrendering our, our lives to Jesus Christ. Verse 4, I thank my God always concerning uh, you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so here we see Paul saying to them in his letter, I, I, I thank God for you always concerning uh, you and, and the grace that God has given uh, to you. So this church that he planted. He's con constantly thanking God for them. In other words, he's praying for them and grateful that God would pour out his grace upon them, that they were very much enriched with the spiritual gifts, very much enriched with understanding and knowledge and confirmation of God. They had it going together spiritually as far as the gifts and as far as knowledge. And Paul is saying, I thank God for you. That should be our heart towards our church, that we thank God for our church family, that we thank God for Sweet Hills, because our church needs, the mo needs more prayer than we can even imagine. I was listening to Pastor Chuck on some message where he said in the early days he had told the church, hey, Whenever you're eating a meal and you're thanking the Lord for it, say a prayer for Calvary Chapel. Well, I figure I eat a lot, too much. And I might not be alone in this room with one who eats a lot. So, you know, I'm sure you say thank you to the Lord. Say a prayer for Sweet Hills, if you will. Give thanks for our church, for what he has done. We need the prayers. And it says here, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything. By who? By him. In all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift. That was a quick, like, that was a quick blessing that God gave on this young church in four years. Look at how enriched they are. And it just brings to mind the reality that when people cry out to Jesus Christ, when people give their life to Jesus Christ, how quickly he can turn around our lives and bless us and enrich us with understanding of his word, with, with knowledge of his word, with an understanding of his heart. I mean, you see people who just give their heart to Jesus Christ and really quickly they have this newfound understanding spiritually. Where does it come from and how did it get there so quick? It comes from heaven. It comes for the, from the Lord. He loves us. And if we cry out to him, if we seek his face, man, he can, he can ramp it up and bless quickly. I mean, I was, hit, I told for a service, I was hitting tennis balls yesterday. 
uh, at the park, Ripley Park. I have a tennis ball machine, so I'm boom, boom. It's like a half hour before it got dark. I needed to get some sort of exercise. So I'm out there hitting balls, and I'm glad that the balls are, you know, fluorescent green-ish yellow so I can see them. But I'm out there, and when I was done hitting the balls, collected all the balls and got my equipment, and I was walking back to my car, and I looked back, and I saw the stage, and I saw the amphitheater where we met in the summer during COVID because all the churches were closed, but we met out there, make people feel comfortable. We were out in the open. The school we were at shut down. All the schools did. We had nowhere to meet, and we were there without a church building. And Banning said we're essential. And Banning sought us out from a friend to a friend to get a hold of me, saying we're essential, when the governor's saying we're not essential. But the Bible says we are essential. So we opened up, we were out there, and then someone, this man approached me wanting to sell this thing when I was never looking to buy a building. Because the place we were meeting at, at Hammerling, it was a huge brand new cafeteria that was, had 400 people capacity, man, high, high ceilings, warm. We had it down. We had been there for five years. We had it down the way we set up everything. It was great. God was blessing it, growing it. I had no idea. Uh, I'm not the building project, church fund kind of pastor guy at all. I'm a whatever God gives me, I'm cool with guy. And and because and I'm surprised that any of you are here. So I was surprised <laughs> over there as well. I'm just like, whatever, kid in the candy store. You know, it's like I you know, and I'm blessed. Who needs a, you know, so this guy came and I didn't want to, I didn't want to buy, I, we don't have any money anyways, but how it all worked out, we got all of this under value, classrooms, everything that you see, quick, quick. And then God works quick when it's, when, when people are given to him. And I know we, we are a praying church and God blessed, not presuming on him, just if this is you and boom, um, I heard a long time ago a pastor say, God can do in one day what it takes man 30 years to do. So here's this church. They got the, the gifts going on. They got this understanding and this knowledge. How? The Holy Spirit can move rapidly when it's time. Jesus had told the disciples at the day of Pentecost, remember, to wait in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Corinth had that Holy Spirit poured out on them, and they are enriched, and that's what's happening. Another thing we see here in verse verse 7, it says that uh, you come short of no gift, and Paul says, that they are eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so they were young in the Lord, but they were a church that was like eagerly awaiting the return of the Lord. And we know prophetically the next thing on the calendar is the rapture of the church. It's the rapture. It's when God takes his church out of here, born again believers out of here without dying, the Bible says that we meet him in the clouds, that in the twinkling of an eye, we are changed. And we meet him in the clouds and we go to heaven with him. And then really all hell breaks loose on this world. And that's when the Antichrist is revealed. That's when the 
can't buy or sell. You certainly can't go to church unless you have the mark of the beast or whatever. Whatever. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You know what I mean. It's coming. The Antichrist system is coming. So they were eager. I think we should be eager as well. It keeps us in line if we truly believe this could be the day. We'd be kissing our family. We'd be playing with the kids. Oh, no, I'm not too busy. Johnny, let's play ball. You know, it'd be like loving spouses would be, everyone would just, you would be telling people about Jesus. You'd be open for divine, it would change our lives. It would help us to be more holy. So let's be eager. I'm not a, a vision casting type pastor. Hey, it's January and here's the vision for the church. The vision for the church is the Bible. <laughs> Read it and God will give you vision. All I'm saying to you is be eager about the Lord's return because he is a coming. He says in Mark 13, 33 through 37, take heed, watch and pray for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch, Jesus said. In Revelation 22:20. John the Beloved says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. He's coming quickly. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Our salvation draws closer than when we first, is nearer than when we first believed. He's coming. They were eager. Eagerly waiting for the revelation of uh our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end. I love that. Don't be anxious that you're somehow going to fall out of God's hands or graces. He holds you in his hand. He's going to confirm you to the end. Just keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. Walk with him. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. God is faithful. And he called, We're talking a lot about being called, right? He called you and I. God is faithful. He called us to what? Into the fellowship of his son. And this is why they say famously, right? This isn't a, a religion. This is a, a straight relationship with Jesus Christ. That is why God is faithful, because he called you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, one that you talk to, one that you listen to. Uh, you know what a relationship is. You know how it works practically amongst family and friends that you have relations with. God called us into this bond, this fellowship with the Lord, and that is the space where Christianity works. Christianity does not work unless we are close to Jesus Christ in relationship. 
That is when it works. That is where the empowering is. That is where the guidance and direction is. That is where the clarity is. That is where the truth is. That is where the discernment is. It's being close to Jesus. As he said in John 15, verse 4 through 5, abide in me and I in you. The word abide means to be intimate with. Be intimate with the Lord and and he with you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide, right, in me. Unless you're intimate with the Lord, Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Christianity is about people who love Jesus because Jesus died for us. He gave his life for us. He is worthy of our response in love, in relationship. And that's what it's about. That's all we're trying to do is to remind people, are you close with Jesus? Because if you are, you'll start smelling like him, looking like him, talking like him. The fruits of the spirit will be evident in your life. You won't be an isolated Christian. You won't be a Christian who says, oh, but CNN told me. You know, it's like you're going to have discernment. You're going to know what's up because God is our good shepherd. He's not a hireling who runs when he sees the sheep are in trouble. He's a the good shepherd who promised us that if they hated us, know that they hated him first. He said that we, if we were in the, of the world, the world would love us, but it doesn't because he has called us out of the world. Jesus said, the world cannot hate you to his brothers. He said that, but it hates me because I testify that its deeds are evil. So that's what we are. We're representatives of his message from a kingdom, not of this world. And in his kingdom is truth. And this world doesn't want to hear it, but some do. Some do. And it may be the ones that God, when you're intimate with the Lord and you've been you know, that spot that's close with him and you're bearing fruit, you know, it's, I forgot something at Walmart again. You go back there and, you know, you run into somebody. Oh, hi. And there's your divine appointment. It's like, man, I forgot the floss and I had to go back <laughs> or whatever. You know what I mean? And you give truth. But if you give truth, generally, most of the world will hate you. That's why Jesus said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. For so they spoke to the false prophets before you. But blessed are you when they persecute you. Right? For my name's sake. Exclude you. Speak evil of you. But anyways, we've been called... God is good. We get to fellowship with Jesus. The veil is torn. Now I don't need a pastor or a pre or anyone, a priest, to confess to. I can go right in. That's what he 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 provided. I got we have fellowship with him. Jesus said in Matthew 6:33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. If you want to be established, if you want to have a blessed life, seek God first. It isn't your job. It isn't your career. It isn't that relationship. It isn't your hobby. 
We have one calling, and that is to fellowship with Jesus first, to get instruction, to get peace, to get joy, to get a different attitude, and then we can go through our day. Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Only way we're going to be rejoicing and being glad in it is if we spend time with the Lord. That's what makes our days glad. That's what makes our days full and enriched. It's the Lord. Oh, I'm going to go enjoy a football game right now. And I enjoy being with that. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.